Welcome to the PCOS Girls Podcast. I'm Bridget Warren, founder of PCOS to Wellness and creator of Sisterhood and Mamahood Teas. And I'm Melissa Christie, founder of PCOS Pathways and creator of the PCOS Journal. And guys, we are not doctors. We are just two women with PCOS who love reading about it, talking about it, writing about it, basically just oversharing about it. (laughs) So we recommend you find a health practitioner you love to support you on your journey. In the meantime, this podcast is all about how we have gone from hormonal messes to motherhood, the simple changes we've made to improve our PCOS, and the ups and the downs of living with this complex condition. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the PCOS Girls Podcast, episode two, and today we are talking about our most requested topic, and that is how to increase your fertility naturally. So I'm Bridget Warren. You might know me from PCOS to Wellness if you follow me on Instagram. I'm also the founder of Sisterhood Tea and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Melissa Christie, who is from PCOS Pathways and the creator of the PCOS Journal. So welcome, Mel. What's been going on? Hey, um... This week's been a pretty big week, actually. It's been very yeah um, informative, I suppose. Um, in our last episode, I think I mentioned that I just had some tests done. And so this week mm, I actually found out, yeah, I found out um, the results to those tests. Oh. So that's been, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like a full hormonal profile kind of PCOS testing. It was just a few things that we really wanted to follow up on. And the main thing mm-hmm. was my iodine levels. So, yes. I, yeah. So, I had my iodine levels tested at the start of the year and they were severely low. I had a, like, the number was 12 and it was meant to be over 100. Um, wow. And yeah. And, but it was one of those things where when I found out and I read all about iodine deficiency, it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, this is me. <laughs> this explains mm. so much about me. Um, so I found out that iodine is essential for th- uh, thyroid health, which I think I kind of knew, but I didn't know that it was the main reason for developing an underactive thyroid and mm-hmm. that women with PCOS are more likely to have an underactive thyroid. So I think so it's crazy. something I know. I, and I, I think it's something we should really keep an eye on if you have PCOS. And the other really interesting thing I found out about it was that your ovaries really need iodine for healthy ovulation. So again, Mm. like it's something we really need to keep on top of. And I had no idea. Um, And I had just all these symptoms um, of iodine deficiency, but no clue about it. So um, like a lot of the um, symptoms kind of mirror uh, like typical underactive thyroid symptoms like slow metabolism yep. and low energy and, you know, difficulty losing weight, unusual weight gain, brain fog, poor memory, like so many different things. Actually, sure. after I found out I had an iodine deficiency, I wrote a blog post about that. So you can check that out. It's on pcospathways.com slash blog. But this week I got my new results back and – my levels have come up. They're now on 65. <gasps> yeah. Wow. That's yeah. massive. It is massive, but it's still not over 100. And okay. I mean, yeah. So my functional medicine doctor, when I first found out I had this deficiency, 
she said it takes a really long time to build up your levels like six months to 12 months but I kind of I guess I didn't really want to hear that and so Mm. I kind of forgot that (laughs) and so you know I've been trying really hard to bring them up but I really thought I would be over 100 and the reality is that because it's still deficient, um, my partner and I, we can't start trying to conceive because the other thing about having low iodine is that it's um, the leading cause of stillbirths, which I think I mentioned in mm. the last episode. You did, and, yeah. yeah. And also um, the leading cause of um, like uh, abnormalities in babies. And so... Like birth defects? Bit, yes, exactly. That's the word I was looking for. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And so, yeah, we had actually been planning to start trying to conceive, you know, like this year, really soon, actually. Um, That was kind of just the thing we were mostly waiting for. And um, yeah, I said to my doctor, like, oh, do you think that we could start trying anyway? And she said, oh, I wouldn't. Like, I would want to see it over 100. So, I mean, I know I should feel really happy that it's come up so much. Like, that is an achievement. And I and I am happy about that. But also, like, I'm disappointed. And I, I do wish it was over 100. I feel really ready to start trying to conceive yeah yeah of course that's a really that's a really tough one I think when you put in obviously so much hard work as well and Mm. um and yes such amazing results to even get it lifted you know a bit higher so congratulations Mm. on that but I I can understand how it's a (laughs) bit of a bittersweet um scenario yeah exactly but you know it's okay I'm I'm feeling good about it like um I've launched in, I've like upped my iodine a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And so hopefully, yeah, try to get it up over 100, maybe a little bit quicker than um, the amount of time it's taken to get here. So, yeah, that's my week. And also in exciting news with my PCOS journal, I got to have, Oh, yes. Um, yes. So um, my printer has started printing. So it's oh, all happening. That's so exciting. I know. Yeah, it that is, is, it is so really amazing. <laughs> oh, you must be so proud. It's, it's one of those moments, isn't it, where like you just see all your hard work and it finally is coming to life and it's yep. like having another little baby. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I can just put all Probably my attention not into the this quite one. one that, yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. Oh, well, congratulations again. Thank I'm super you, happy Bridget. for you. That'll be amazing. I can't wait to get my hands on the new one. I yeah, thank still you. look over the last year's one, which was amazing. So I'm very much looking forward to the new one that you're bringing out. Oh, thank you. What about your week? Has it been as up and down as mine? <laughs> Well, it has a little bit, but probably not in the same way yours has. Mm-hmm. I just got back from LA um, where I went with my husband, Jesse, and our five-month-old son, Flynn. Um, <laughs> and, you know, traveling 15 hours in a plane isn't ideal with a five-month-old, no. but we did it. And it well was done. amazing. And he was <laughs> so good. He was surprisingly fantastic. And I was over there for my other business. Um, and I was went in with really bad anxiety about the whole trip. I just thought, it's going to be so hard with Flynn there and it's going to be so hard with the flight and then we're going to be jet lagged and I'm going to try and have to get work done. And I was really stressing about having to be places on time because since I've had Flynn, I just haven't really 
put times on meetings and things like that. I kind of just, um, you know, do them when I can. And obviously, because it's my business, I can be a bit more flexible. But mm-hmm. because I was in another country and meeting new people, I did have to give people time. So I thought, oh, gosh, how am I going to get anywhere with him? And I was breastfeeding in cars and <laughs> it was just crazy. Oh. But, you know, we did it and he was fantastic. My husband was fantastic. And I think it was mm-hmm. really good for both of us because I made me sort of be like, okay, like, you know, I can go away for two hours and he'll survive and my husband is quite capable of looking after him and it was you know and he got more confident so it was all it was all a really good positive experience we are now suffering the repercussions of a week of very bad sleep well pretty much no sleep um (laughs) also just you know not eating well I was stressed because of work and all that kind of thing so uh, my skin I have not had a flare-up like this for a long long time I kind of knew it was coming because I think uh with being pregnant and then going through birth and then having a newborn baby I just knew that at some point my body had to kind of you know give a little bit and something was going to happen and I was going to have a you know some symptoms flare up and I think it's taken till now for my body to be like all right you need to just chill out for a little bit so this week so coming home now I'm just really focusing on um, going back to making sure I'm having my herbs because I got really slack with them whilst I was away Mm -hmm. I'm trying to sleep when I can obviously that's really hard when everyone's you know we've got a little baby and everyone's living on LA time still so we're waking up at 2am for a party in our our bedroom it's a bit crazy (laughs) um but you know, that and then just getting back to eating well. But I really think the stress, the stress has got to come down and then hopefully everything else will settle. So really, really focusing on that this week as much as I can. But that's me. Not, not nothing as, I guess, exciting as you, but still a lot Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you went to LA. I reckon that's pretty exciting. <laughs> It was good. It was a fun little thing to do. I don't know yeah. if I would recommend it to everyone who has a five-month-old baby, but but it was great. I'm really glad that we got to go. Oh, that's good. And I know that it must be really tough with what's happening now with your body, but also like yeah. I guess it serves as a little um, a reminder, but also I guess mm-hmm. an excuse to go, okay, like I should just focus on myself a little bit more if I can and when I can. Um, yeah, so, you you're know, so right. Nice. And I I think as well, like I've got very good at just soldiering on and on the surface mm-hmm. I will look great. I, I can rock up to things and I can put on some makeup and I can dress up and do whatever I got to do. But sometimes it takes something like this, like a really physical thing to happen to me for me to go, all right, like I know I was tired. I know I was exhausted. I know my body was trying to tell me something was wrong, but this is what I needed to to really take a step back and um, you know, listen to what was going on. So it, it's a it's a bit of a blessing in disguise, I think, as much as yeah. I really don't want to be walking around with a pizza face. Um, I think <laughs> I I think it I think it had to happen. Sadly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I also um, found out this week that mm-hmm. I have the, I had a little secret project happening, and that was I was bringing out um, some 
lactation tea specifically to help women who have PCOS or hormonal imbalance um, to help with lactation and milk um, supply. So I don't know if you know, but a lot of women with PCOS actually are unable to breastfeed because of they have very, very low milk supply. And it's something that I've only recently found out about. I didn't realize it was one of the symptoms of PCOS. So I kind of went on this mission and I was taking some herbs to help with my milk supply and I haven't had a problem with milk supply because of this reason I think but um mm-hmm. so what I've been what I've been able to create is a really beautiful blend of herbs that will hopefully help with hormonal imbalances that are going on postpartum as well as helping to boost milk supply and help with lactation lactation support essentially so that will be coming out in the next couple of weeks as well oh, which is going to wow. be called mamahood <laughs> yeah I know I'm super excited oh wow that is super exciting I'm really proud yeah. of you for creating that actually Aww. it's a really cool product to, <laughs> to create it and something that our community needs like I I didn't know about that until after I'd had a baby and I, mm. I didn't have any issues um but then mm-hmm. I, maybe a year in um I started seeing all these posts about it and I was like oh god I was so lucky that um I didn't have any issues yeah. with that so it's something that women in our community are really worried about so how cool that you've made this it's awesome Oh, thank you. And I, I was like, you, I really had no idea about it either until I started seeing people were asking me, was I having issues with breastfeeding? And I, I wasn't at the time because I think I was always taking these herbs, which I had mm. been told help support um, lactation. So I yeah. kind of went and, you know, really interestingly, I wasn't taking any herbs at all. I wasn't taking my sisterhood tea or my lactation herbs whilst I was away. Yeah. And since I've been back, my supply, my milk supply has been terrible like I honestly have seen even my husband was like wow you you like you're dried up so I'm back on the Mm. herbs this week and I'm hoping I can re-regulate it but it was a bit of a shock to the system yeah for Mm. sure god I feel very lucky that I haven't had the issue yeah I know you've been super lucky but I I think again everyone's different everyone has really different symptoms so don't freak out guys if you you know planning to breastfeed or are breastfeeding it doesn't happen to everyone it's just one of those things that you you if you can support it whilst um you know you are lactating or if you have noticed any issues there are heaps of natural methods to help boost your supply so don't freak out (laughs) yep all right So getting back on track of today's episode, which is, of course, natural fertility tips, um, we, you and I, we both found this fantastic article, which is called naturalfertilityinfo.com. And then the link is top 10 natural fertility boosters. Now we've, we've really, I mean, I personally love this article. I think it's fantastic. I know Mm -hmm. you do as well. Yeah. There's a couple of things that really stood out for me. Um, and I think you you as well. Um, absolutely. One of the ones that really stood out for me was the fertility massage um, because it's mm. something that I've used on my journey that um, oh, I'm just so grateful to have been able to use. So with fertility massage, um, there's um, a couple of ways that you can, um, I guess, have access to it. Um, you can pay mm-hmm. someone. There are people out there who do different forms of fertility massage and it's great. I mean, yeah. if you are trying to conceive or even if you just want better, you know, um, fertility health um, mm. and you are someone who get gets massages, like why not try a fertility massage? It's relaxing and it feels really nice um, and it helps you. It can improve your health. Um, and the other way that you can approach it is through self-fertility massage. And actually this article 
um, from Natural Fertility Info, um, the it mentions um, self-fertility massage specifically because the woman who runs mm. this site, um, Heather Rodriguez, she um, has created a self-fertility massage um, video that really gives um, – you know, details into how to do all these different little techniques. And I think that's really cool because, you know, if you are doing, if you do want to get really into it, like it's nice to have um, a really clear instructional video because then you can really know that you're doing it right. So I think that's pretty cool. And um, on my own journey, it's, it's been so good. I started doing it um, just after I miscarried our first baby and I've continued mm-hmm. it and it's become a real part of my sort of daily self-care practice. Um, but That's I, amazing. I think, yeah, I think it was something I really loved after the miscarriage because like when you have a miscarriage, it's like um, you don't really ha- have control. Like it's this really big sense of just no control because there's literally nothing you can do about this awful thing that's happened and so Mm. to find little things that you can do to give you like a little bit of power over your situation feels really good I did for me like you know being able to do this self-fertility massage I knew I was helping my my womb to to heal from you know this traumatic thing it had gone through but it also helped me think okay like I'm also improving my health for the future so it was it was a really um, good time for me to start doing that and now I do it um, pretty much every day, even if it's just like a little belly rub, it's just okay. That's yeah. something really simple and nice that I've done for myself. So that's um, one of my favorite points in the article. And the other one that um, really spoke to me, it's a really simple one. It's really basic um, and obvious, mm. I guess, but it's um, it's the point number 10 about timing, knowing when mm-hmm. to um, have sex to conceive a baby. I know it seems really obvious, but actually it even says here that a recent study showed that most women um, calculated their fertile times incorrectly. So, and I think if you're it's new, crazy. yeah, I think if you're new to trying to conceive or newly diagnosed with PCOS particularly, like this sort of stuff is something that you might not have read that much about and there are some awesome apps out there to help you do it um that you know are really simple to use and then obviously also there's the PCOS journal I've got like a mm-hmm. um a cycle tracking chart in there so and you can use as little or as much of that as you want but you know you can uh, at the most basic level, you can track your period, um, but you can also track your basal body temperature and um, your cervical fluid and your cervical position and when you're having sex and, you know, your ovulation test results or your pregnancy test results. So, you know, um, there are different methods for being able to track your cycle in a more easy way. And I know that some people don't like to track their cycle. Like I have a friend actually who um, she wanted to start trying to conceive, but she kind of had it in her head that she didn't want to track too much because she didn't want to make it kind of too clinical. And so I just said yeah. to her, like, well, what if you just track like two cycles, just two, and then you get like a little bit of insight into your own situation. And, you know, if those cycles were the same length, then, you know, you've got a bit of a pattern going and then you just have a little bit of data to go off, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, that idea of it being too you know, not wanting to make it clinical. I mean, 
to be honest, I, I kind of don't see it as being clinical. I sort of, if anything, I think it's kind of magical like to be able yeah. to, you know, really understand your body and its little signs that, you know, it's at this point in its cycle or this point. I've really loved that. Like that's made me f- really connect with myself as a woman. I really like that. And my husband doesn't find it clinical either. Like, I don't know. I just, I think it's no, kind of cool to know that. <laughs> I think we've been sort of programmed to think that periods and ovulation and trying to conceive should, you know, is this clinical thing and, is, you know, it's it's really kind of like stressful and if you're really trying, mm-hmm. you've got this really small opportunity to do it. But realistically, if we understand our bodies and we really know what's going on, it's just a really – it's a fantastic tool and we can really – get to know how healthy I mean I honestly had no idea about um tracking my cycles naturally until I was diagnosed with PCOS and then somebody said to me hey have you actually tried to track your cycles like do you know when you're ovulating and I was like absolutely no clue I had no idea so I um started to also track my cycles and I was using you know checking my cervical mucus and all that type of thing and that is really when I started to learn that my body was trying to ovulate but it never actually got there mm. so then it was you know led to this whole process of what have I got to do to get to the point of actual ovulation but yeah I think it's so powerful and I wish we were taught all this stuff in school it really no. annoys me that we're not taught about this but yeah I think it's I, I love it I think it's a fantastic tool I'm so glad you brought it up <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I think that we should totally be taught it in school. I think it's part of the experience of um, being a woman to to understand mm. how your body's working like that, um, because we're cyclical and and men are men pretty much aren't. So no. you know, it's this kind of other <laughs> element of life that we um, that we could learn about, and it's really cool when you learn about it. So I mean, yeah, I think that culture needs to change. This episode is brought to you by the PCOS Journal. The PCOS Journal is a health diary I've created for women with PCOS that is all about getting you informed so that you're better equipped to make decisions about your health. But this is not your normal blank diary. The PCOS Journal is filled with tons of easy to read info about PCOS, the triggers and most importantly, the treatments. There are tips about specific supplements and detailed info about the different treatment pathways from Ayurveda to functional medicine to yoga. It's also filled with detailed charts for you to track everything, your cycle, your symptoms, your habits, meals, exercise, and so, so much more. It's all customizable and it's all specific to PCOS. You can get the journal from my website, pcospathways.com, or if you've got any questions, get in touch. Well, I really resonated with number nine, which was to make um, a stress reduction plan. I just Mm -hmm. think that stress plays such a huge role on our hormones. In terms of my own PCOS journey, stress has been instrumental in helping me like learning how to reduce my stress has just been a game changer well and as many of you will know if you followed my journey online um i conceived whilst i was on holidays and i think that is already just such a big indicator of how much stress was really affecting me totally. um, yep. i i just and i think as well as women we live in this constant state of stress whether it's you know even at a really low level we're all doing so much you know we're all 
we're all working and we're having babies and we're running businesses and we're exercising and we're socializing and we're cooking dinner and you know back in the day when we were much more primal the women stayed at home and they looked after the babies they were the they that's what was their primary role and I'm definitely by no means saying that I think that that's what women should be doing I am probably the biggest um (laughs) person to to be like not take like I'm I'm doing everything I'm doing too much but (laughs) I do think that there's something in that and sometimes we really need to acknowledge that we biologically were not programmed to do it all and Mm. so in that way we do have to really make time for ourselves and to help stop stress to help uh, you know really take that pressure off our adrenals and let our hormones work because our hormones cannot work if we are stressed it's just it essentially shuts down your reproductive system so Mm -hmm. if you're trying to conceive it's the worst thing that you could be doing and stress comes in so many forms as well you know it's all you you obvious ones would be stress at home in, in relationships or stress at work they're the first ones that kind of come to mind but for me I was stressed because I was getting acne or my hair was falling out that was causing me immense amount of stress or if you um, are trying to conceive and you're not falling pregnant that's stressful the other Mm. really stressful thing that a lot of women do to themselves is over exercising and placing really strict diets on themselves that is almost as detrimental to your body as it is to be you know not eating well so I think we really need to take a good look at what causes you stress because what causes you stress might not cause me stress and what causes me stress might not cause you stress. And I think you've really got to make time. For me, it was um, putting down my phone when I was walking the dog. So I walk my dogs every day, twice a day, but I had to say, okay, I'm going to walk my dogs and I'm not going to do emails whilst I'm doing them. I'm going <laughs> to walk my dogs. I'm going to take in my surrounds. I'm going to notice things and be mindful and enjoy that 45 minute walk and come home and continue working when I get home. That was one thing I really did that helped me. I think um, having a bath, little things like this, you know, getting a massage, going out with a girlfriend, like there's just so many things you can do that aren't expensive. You don't need to go on a, a huge holiday to reduce your stress. So that's my, totally. my big one yep. that I think. Um, I also want to say herbs because if anyone follows me, they'll know that I'm <laughs> literally obsessed with herbs. It's become... <laughs> such a big part of, you know, my journey and having, um, I think conceiving, not only conceiving, but just getting my periods back, helping to reduce, basically essentially get rid of my acne, help with my hair loss. Um, it just, in so many ways, herbs have helped me. So I think that if you, if you can either, find a great herbalist to help you with herbs that are specific for you. Obviously I created sisterhood for the exact purpose that the herbs that are in there are for women who have PCOS or hormonal imbalances. They're ones that I've tried and tested myself. So I know they work fantastic for me. Um, also naturopaths can, you know, make up tinctures and things like that. So that's a, that's a really big one for me that I've 100% think support the reproductive system and if you're trying to conceive there's just no harm in you know really looking at some herbs to add into your daily lifestyle because so long as you've got the right herbs it's it's so easy to do you can have it in a tea form or you can have it in a tincture whatever you want to do and it's a really simple effective thing now I will say though 
you obviously want to be having the right herbs. So just really make sure that whatever herbs you are taking, they're suitable for fertility. Do you have any thoughts on those? Yeah, um, I I totally agree with you. (laughs) Um, And with the stress one, I mean, I think, yes, reducing stress is um, really important. But I think sometimes people hear that and they think, well, what am I going to do? Like, I can't quit my job, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Totally. Yeah. (laughs) And so I think one way of looking at it is um, changing the way you react to a stressful scenario. And I think Uh, one of, yeah, and I think one of the the biggest things um, that people are talking about these days that can help with that. um, And to be honest, I haven't delved that deep into this, um, Mm. but it's mindfulness. And And Mm -hmm. I think because the idea of mindfulness is to just be very present to your situation. I think when you're really present in your, in, in your, in the moment, um, maybe you can see things a bit more calmly and with a bit more clarity. So I think if you're in a position where you're like, I I really, I have a really stressful job, but I really can't change it for whatever reason it is. Um, yeah. Or you don't want to because you just freaking love it. Um, I think looking at ways that you can um, change the way you react to that that stress is important. Um, and I reckon if you had a Google about that, you'd find heaps of stuff um, beyond mindfulness. Another thing that comes to mind is yoga, but I'm sure mm. there's plenty of other things out there as well. Um, and with yeah, herbs, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and with herbs, I mean, oh my god, like it almost just goes without saying, like. It's been so essential on my journey and on the journeys of so many women with PCOS. Mm. Um, And there's lots of different approaches um, to how you do that. There's heaps of research that you can do yourself if you go onto some good websites like PubMed. Um, Yes. But also... Like Bridget said, like you can find a good herbalist. Um, Chinese medicine deals with herbs. Ayurveda deals with herbs. So there's lots of different approaches. I don't think that the best thing that you can do is have a read about the different approaches and then, you know, just I always just say kind of follow your nose. Like if something appeals to you, like explore it. Like if Ayurveda speaks to you, go and book a appointment with a practitioner and check them out and um have a chat to them about any herbs that you've you've read about Mm. you know um yeah and there's so much amazing free information that you can get online as well and I think it's a really good starting point particularly if you can I mean there's a lot of uncredited blogs out there and things like that Mm -hmm. which you know are great and they're good for inside and I know we have our own blogs and things like that but if you can get onto a published journal um, or a peer-reviewed journal they're the ones that are going to have the real scientific backing as well and that'll give you a really good insight into um, studies that have been done and herbs that have actually had proven success as well. And there's a lot of herbs that uh, have had proven success and there's also a lot of herbs that might not have had studies done around them, but they've been used for centuries and centuries and centuries and um, right. have also been known to work. So again, it's one of those things that you find out what's going to resonate with you and then you go in the direction that you feel is going to fit what you're looking for. Yeah, totally. Something that I do is if I hear about a herb or a supplement or whatever um, that appeals to me, I just go to Google, I put it in and I 
you know, I type in the supplement name and the word research and then Mm -hmm. usually it'll be like PubMed that comes up and they'll show any research articles there. And if it hasn't, this is just me personally, if I can't find anything that's really substantial but, you know, maybe it's been practised by Chinese medicine for the last 2,000 years. Exactly. Yeah, then, you know, I'll I'll go and see a Chinese medicine practitioner and and, and hear about it. That's right. And there's a reason they've been doing it for 2,000 years. Years, right. you know it's there's, there's something behind it and yeah um I just want to also touch on what you said about mindfulness I think mm. that's something I recently well not recently I discovered again when I was diagnosed with PCOS and mm-hmm. um that's what I mentioned when I you know when I walk the dogs now I really take mm. that time to be mindful and present in the moment and a little tip that's really helped me because I wasn't great at it I'm not going to lie it took me a while to get my head around it was when I would go out and you could do this at, at the office as well if you could get out for five minutes go out and notice five things around you that you've never noticed before you can even do this sitting at your Ooh. desk so for example you might notice a tree that you've never noticed before you might notice um, a house walking down the street that you've, you've never really looked at before or a bird chirping or a noise outside. So if you can notice five different things every day, it really helped me to just be present and go, oh, mm. take a breath. And it makes you also really see what's around you because I just don't – I think we're, we're so oblivious to a lot that's going around us now. So really that's really Absolutely. helped me. It's a little a little tip. <laughs> oh, it's a nice tip, a really nice tip because we are. We're sort of on <laughs> autopilot. Um, Absolutely. But speaking of our own tips, we thought that um, – mm we would also give our personal top fertility tips since Mm. um, there were a couple of things um, that weren't in that article that we really kind of, that's really helped us on our own journeys. So what was yours, Bridget? So I, I think that looking at it from all different angles is something that really helped me. It's one thing to go, okay, try herbs, but that, you know, trying herbs isn't going to solve all your problems. It's almost like a jigsaw puzzle. And when you're trying to conceive, all the jigsaw puzzles have to be in perfect place to make a baby. And that's just the reality. So, okay, so you look at herbs, but then have you looked at diet? Have you looked at stress management? Um, you know, have you looked at the types of exercises you're doing for your body? There's just so many different things to look at. Are you tracking your cycles? So definitely look at it from a holistic perspective, um, as opposed to just kind of dialing in on one thing and just trying to, you know, get obsessed about making sure you have a, for, you know, a diet that's meant to be helpful for fertility. So that would be my biggest one. And I think it's really hard to do when you're in that situation, particularly if you've been trying for a long time and people tell you so many different things, you get sort of fixated on say one or two different things, but take a breath, step back, ha- have a look at, you know, your whole lifestyle and see if there's anything in there that maybe isn't quite fitting the jigsaw puzzle, or if there's anything that's completely missing that you might've, um, you know, discounted or you haven't, you weren't aware of until now. So that would be my first one. Mm-hmm. And then the next tip I have, and it's a little bit, um, I guess, off the topic of, you know, us as women having to do all the work when it comes to fertility. But if you know you have PCOS or you think you might have issues um, conceiving or maybe you've been trying for a really long time and haven't had the results you were hoping for, maybe consider having your partner's sperm count tested Mm -hmm. because I just think 
yes, a lot of it is on us, 100%. You know, we have to do a lot of the work. But the last thing you want to do is spend two years putting yourself under so much pressure, trying everything under the sun when maybe your partner's sperm isn't is actually what might be letting you down at that time. And that mm-hmm. I just think, and if that's the case, that's totally fine as well, but it might save you a bit of, you know, heartache in the meantime. So if you've been trying for a little while or you've got any concerns, it's a super, super simple thing that they can go and do and just mm. have their fertility tested. And then you kind of know what what you're dealing with and you can go from there. And obviously there's so many options these days. There's so many ways around things. Um, they can boost their own fertility with food and herbs as well. So just, yeah, something to keep in mind. I know it's a little bit left of field, but it might be helpful for some people. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. Um, You want to be looking in the right direction. You know, you don't want to be just trying to, you know, fix something that you think is wrong with you and, um, you know, you're just not uncovering, um, you know, this other issue that's happening. So I think that is a really important point and one that I think a lot of people don't think about. Um, and mm. I think you're so right about looking at your own health from different angles. I think it's so true. I I receive a lot of messages from women who have been using the same medicine. It's often Western medicine, um, mm. but regardless, the same medicine sometimes for years or they've mm. been using it maybe for eight cycles and it, it's done nothing and so their next step is IVF. Um, yeah. And I think it's for me I'm like okay if something's not working for you then maybe it's not working for you like rule it out mm. rule that out rule and it let's out. look at yeah. a different angle and, and, and I think ruling on. something yeah. out is good like there's so many things out there for us if something doesn't work for you get rid of it because now you've narrowed your search and you can go okay like let's look elsewhere at what it might be for example you yeah. know all the stress that you've been feeling what if you just hadn't dealt with that at all and you just kept um say exercising heaps every single day and you're like but I'm exercising really well but I'm you know I'm not losing weight and I'm not conceiving but you're super stressed at work like there's a bigger picture so I think that's a really really exactly thank you and what are (laughs) what are your favorite tips um so mine seems a bit random but it's just that (laughs) it's been a really it's just been a really big part of my journey um and so the whole concept is warmth which sounds really weird mm-hmm. but in Chinese medicine and in Ayurveda as well these are very this is a very real concept um, in fact in Chinese medicine a cold uterus is an actual diagnosis that they treat and whenever I've wow. seen a Chinese medicine doctor or an Ayurvedic practitioner they've always said the same thing to me like your body is cold like not necessarily like the temperature, the physical on the outside, but there's yep. a stagnation inside. Things are sluggish and slow. There's a coldness to it rather than being warm and invigorated. And um, there's things that you can do about that and there's things I have done and it always helps me. Um, so, you know, we talked about one before, which is fertility massage. Like when you massage that area of your body, like you're drawing 
blood flow to the area. And I don't mean like period blood. I mean mm-hmm. like how, you know, blood circulates. Circulation. Around, yeah, yeah, exactly. Circulates around your whole body. Like you want it to circulate into that area as well. It's really important. And um, a sign that things, you know, that you might have this issue as well, like not necessarily, but maybe, is um, things like heavy, painful periods, like really mm. dark uh, period blood, that kind of thing. Um, that idea that things are stagnant and, and slower and sort of building up. And um, whereas when you have really healthy periods and lots of kind of invigoration in the area, um, you'll get more like really red, bright period blood. So, yeah. yeah, you can do things like having hot water bottles over your uterus, um, doing yoga. I know you actually posted a yoga pose. Oh. I don't know, it was sort of recently, the mm. legs up the wall one. The shoulder, yeah, yeah, yes. that's a favourite of mine. Yeah, so that's really good for this because it causes blood to like pool in the area. Pool to the is, area, yeah. Yeah, so that's, um, I think that's a really good tip for t- fertility. Like, I mean, you think about you want a baby to grow in there, like you don't want it to be like a, a cold, damp environment. You want it to be really warm and 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 fresh and invigorated. So I guess that's yeah. the concept. And as a side note, I know we kind of mentioned this last week, but I don't really mm. mind harping on about it because I think it's so important. Um, <laughs> just get a really great practitioner. You know, if you're trying yeah, to conceive, sure. if you're having a hard time with it, you know, like a, a good practitioner is just going to be the best and don't be afraid to look outside of Western medicine. Um, yeah, and, and don't wait because I feel yes. like people wait and wait and they they say, no. oh, I'm going to give myself a year. But if you think, okay, I want to be, you know, I just want to get to the root cause or I want to get things happening, just go and find a great practitioner and even just do an initial consult with them and yes. see how you go because – and we're not talking about Western doctors here. I mean, that might be your go-to, but we're talking, as we've mentioned before, um, Chinese medicine or herbalists or naturopaths or Ayurvedic medicine. There's so many different avenues. That's right. And I think it's because if you do go to a Western medicine doctor, you know, they'll say, well, how long have you been trying? And you say, oh, six mm-hmm. months. And they're like, oh, come back when it's been a year. So you kind of have it exactly. in your head like, oh, I can't talk to anybody until it's been a year. But that's just not yeah. the case if you look outside of Western medicine. And especially yeah. you've got PCOS. Like, you know, there's there's that added element of it. Like if you look outside of Western medicine, you'll find great practitioners who will support you on this journey. Not mm. to say there aren't any great practitioners in Western medicine. I Absolutely. Think they might be fewer and far bet- uh, further between. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We don't know. We haven't interviewed every single doctor no. on the planet. <laughs> but that's our, that's our next task. <laughs> um, I actually wanted to touch on the massage as well because I was mm. just thinking back to – so when I conceived, I was away, as I've mentioned before, and I yeah. was at the time traveling around some really cool places, one of them being Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I went to see a woman there who does – Massage. And mm. she said to me she specializes in um, women's massage. And I kind of was like, oh, that's that's interesting. And that was actually why I went to her because at the time, obviously, I had PCOS and we were, we were, you know, thinking about babies and all that kind of jazz. And mm-hmm. she spent so much time massaging my abdomen. And I really was like, this is weird, like super, <laughs> super strange. I It felt a little bit – it didn't feel painful, but it was quite a – like she spent a lot of time on my tummy. And um, the other thing she used was warm, warm stones. And it was a special stone, um, Mm. which was the, 
I want to say obsidian stone. Oh, yeah. And she used that on my stomach and she rubbed it all around and she said this is what all the Mayan women would do before they wanted to fall pregnant. Anyway, didn't think much of it, but lo and behold, came home pregnant. So who knows if that (laughs) might have helped me along the way, but I do think it's it's a very interesting coincidence. Yeah, definitely. I actually ended up buying one of the stones and taking it home with me. (laughs) Did you? Do you ever use it? I I did before I found (laughs) out. I didn't know I was pregnant for 10 weeks. So for that 10 oh. weeks, I was rubbing this stone oh. in my stomach. But um, <laughs> it's still in my bedside drawer, actually. So I've, I've got it there ready to go for round two. No, oh, <laughs> that's awesome. What a cool thing to bring home. Is it like a black yeah. stone? It is. It's a black stone. Yeah, it's a right. shiny black stone. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's really pretty cool. cool. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So should we dive into the listener question this week? Yes, let's do it. All right, cool. So the question that we have this week was, what is the main thing that we do to track our cycles? Mm. So Mel, what, what do you do for yours? Okay, well, the main thing that I do, I guess, aside from writing down what day I get my period, um, <laughs> the main thing I do is check my uh, cervical fluid or cervical mm-hmm. discharge, mucus, whatever you want to call it. Um, yep. I think it sounds like a really daunting thing in the beginning to do that. Um, I have a lot of people message me who've never done it and they're like, oh, I don't know how to do it. Um, but after <laughs> doing it now for years, it's just um, it's just second nature. Like it's not even it's, – it's an important part of my life, but it's not, a, it's not hard at all. So every single mm. day I check that and um, I note it down and that helps me to understand when I'm fertile and when I'm ovulating. So – um, yeah, for me, it's really indicative of my cycle and what's to come. I like, I can tell when I'm going to get my period based on this, which is really cool. I, I like having that power. <laughs> yeah, it's um, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess we should, uh, should we talk a little bit about like the s- different cervical fluids that happen? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think so many people were not aware. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so um, after you get your period, this is typical. This is what typically mm-hmm. would happen in a typical yeah, If you had a normal cycle. <laughs> normal cycle, dreamy, beautiful cycle. <laughs> so the dream, you isn't period, it, to have a normal yeah. cycle? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the fantasy. Um, so after your period, um, your um, cervical fluid will turn creamy. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like moisturizer, kind of creamy. And then um, after that, it will start to go watery, um, which is beginning to become fertile. You've got to think about it's all about helping the sperm to get to your egg. So, um, you know, the thinner it is, kind of the easier it is. Um, and then it will turn into your most fertile cervical fluid, which is described as like clear, raw egg whites. Um, okay. And they that might happen for like one to three days, all culminating at the end on the day that you ovulate. And then after you ovulate, um, oh, and in a t- typical woman, that would happen on about day 14, that ovulation. And then day 15 and on towards your period, typically you won't have a lot of cervical fluid or it'll be sticky in nature. So that's what they say is typical. But I'm not typical. Are you typical? 
I am far from typical. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, so I've found that what happens with me is it's creamy and then it's watery mm-hmm. and then it's egg white, but there's not that much of it. And then mm. after, and I'll think, oh, am I ovulating then? Because it's it's got the clear egg white. And then the next day it'll go back to creamy and then it'll go mm. watery again and then egg white again. And it just keeps cycling around as my cycle gets longer and longer. And it actually yeah. really affects my like mental health. Like I just, I I, my anxiety gets crazier and crazier. My moods get crazier and crazier until eventually it does end up working and I ovulate and then it'll clear up and 14 days later I'll – and my moods clear up too and 14 days later <laughs> I'll get my period. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what sort of typically happens with me when my PCOS isn't – when it's out of control and, you know, I'm not in my best health. But at the moment things are much better um, and I just um, I just ovulated recently actually and it was Yay. just this really nice run of um, – Creamy to watery to egg white and done. And so now I feel really confident. And then you do to have your period? Yeah, probably. And I think it's about a week and a bit maybe now. So it only just happened. But, you know, um, to just track that one thing that's really easy to track. And I have so much kind of knowledge. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And it's such a powerful thing. And, it, guys, I like – I was the same. I'm sure you were the same. I'm sure everyone, other woman is the same when people say, oh, track your cervical fluid or your cervical mucus, which is the worst mm. word in the it's world. It's so gross. Um, it's the grossest. We, You and I, when we're like writing notes for each other, we're usually like CM or CF yes, because you yes. know, no one wants to write mucus. But no. the fact is, is that it is so natural. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. It is the key to understanding your period it's the key to helping to know when you're fertile or infertile for those that are um perhaps you know using as a contraception method as well so Mm -hmm. i am also like email i use it i think it's just the most brilliant thing and i wish i knew about it from a younger age and i just would love to advocate for schools to do more education around it um because once you learn it it's mm-hmm. done. You learn it. It's easy. It's simple. It's yes. a simple little test. Uh, do you want to actually tell people how you test your how you test for it? <laughs> well, um, it's a bit gross. Sure, it is a bit gross. So you know, gross topic topic warning, which we probably should have given about five minutes ago. But anyway, we're, we're too late. It's done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're in now. If you're still listening, you're in. Um, so. Well, the first most important, important thing is to have clean hands. Um, Mm -hmm. Like that's not just something I say, like I really, I really mean it. Um, So having clean hands and um, I actually put my fingers in my vagina and I kind of swirl it around once and I have a look. But some people don't do that. Often people just look at what's on the toilet paper or in their undies. What do you do? Well, I, when I wasn't so, I guess, you know, really trying to work out when I was fertile or not fertile, I would just use my undies. And particularly if you're wearing darker color undies, you can, you can really see. Um, I think for anyone who's really interested in knowing, okay, because the fertile window, as we discussed, is very, very small. So you could miss it. If you missed a day of checking, you potentially could have missed 
that fertile window in terms of your mucus. So um, that's when it is, if you kind of know it's coming, that's when I would actually, again, go internally and see what is going on in there because I do think that that's going to be a much better indicator. Um, But if you're kind of just, you know, general tracking purposes, Mm -hmm. it's all a bit too much to be going internal at this point. Just wear some darker (laughs) colour undies and that'll give you a really good indication as well. Um, when you're fertile or when you've got that really egg whitey fluid, that that will come up quite obviously on toilet yes. paper as well. Yes. And if you're finding that you don't really have much cervical fluid at all, that's something to talk to your practitioner about, mm-hmm. um, you know, because that is also a sign that, you know, you could increase your fertility. For me, you know how I mentioned before that um, – you know, I'd have the creamy, the watery, the egg white cycling around and around, but there wouldn't be that much. Um, yeah. Well, I found out that I have low estrogen and that can cause that. That can cause Absolutely. you to have um, not that much cervical fluid. So, um, and, you know, that's actually part of why I've had a much healthier cycle this cycle is because I've been mm. um, increasing my estrogen. So, yeah. Oh, do you want to tell little... everyone how you were doing that? Your fun little oh. trick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So this came from my um, functional medicine doctor. <laughs> I couldn't just be- make this up even though it's, I, it looks yeah. like it's a made-up thing. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe this when because we talk over email a lot and um, she recommended this to me over email and I could not believe this when I read it. I actually double-checked. I was like, did you write this correctly? <laughs> so she said that every day I should consume preferably juiced two grapefruits that's you know that's that's manageable yeah yeah (laughs) that's okay and (laughs) 500 grams of cabbage (laughs) i just want to gag like thinking about it yeah and it's uh, raw right you don't cook it well i juice it so she said you can have a you know in a salad or whatever but that's a lot of cabbage to eat that's a lot of cabbage (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah juice it and um I said to her, I don't I don't know if I can do that. Oh, the main thing I was thinking, because I live in this tiny cabin, we've got a small fridge. I was like, I, I just don't think I've got the space for that much cabbage. Oh, <laughs> um, so and intense. So she was like, well, you should do the cabbage three to four times a week. And, yeah, I'll be honest, I haven't uh, – I've been a bit slack on the cabbage. I'm very good with the grapefruit. The cabbage happens probably – twice a week sometimes Mm. three times um and it's not it's not that bad like it's weird it's very earthy (laughs) i can um, imagine yeah but But, you know it's well we think it's well it's working yes um exactly the other thing is i don't have a juicer here i'm on solar power so i don't have an Ah. electric juicer so if i want to juice up my cabbage i've got to go to my mom's house Which is just oh a real block for me, yeah. Whereas I can just juice like a grapefruit with a little manual, you know, citrus juicer. Juice. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, well, it's working. Whatever works. <laughs> yeah, it's working. <laughs> the things we do, right? I know. Yes, it's the weirdest thing I've done. I'm sure of it. <laughs> and so that is for estrogen, guys. If you missed that, that's yes. to help increase your estrogen. And many women with PCOS are going to have hormonal imbalances. I know for me, it wasn't so much my estrogen; it's my testosterone is is very very high. I have to, so mm-hmm. I have to manage that. But a lot of women will also have um, estrogen issues as well. So it's yep. just a whole shamazzle of 
different hormone imbalances but you, if you <laughs> yes. don't know what yours is that is you know a really good time to go and get your um, hormones tested so you kind of have a good mm-hmm. starting point yeah and I will just say that um estrogen issues can go both ways you can be deficient mm. but you can also have a lot of people call it estrogen dominance so and that's got a whole other uh, pile of issues so um yeah. I wouldn't be going and getting your, you know, three kilos of cabbage of and, cabbage, and yeah. grapefruits until you've had it, your estrogen tested because you wouldn't yeah. want to throw it the other way. Like even I who have low estrogen, I've got to keep an eye on things to make sure I don't throw it the other way. So, mm. yes. yeah. So this week we have a pretty cool giveaway, which is obviously super, super relevant to the episode, and that is increasing fertility. Mel, what are we giving away this week? Okay, I'm really excited about this one. I actually mentioned it earlier back on the Natural Mm -hmm. Fertility Info site. um, They've got this awesome product. It's a self-fertility massage um, video. It's an instant download that you can buy, um, but we're giving it away. Um, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, it's honestly, it's so insightful and detailed and it's just this really nurturing, helpful little thing that you can do for your fertility. So, um, yeah, to enter our giveaway, um, you just need to do a review um, wherever you're listening to this podcast and then we'll pick our favourite review and you'll win this awesome um, massage video. And how cool. I'm so excited for this. Like, I'm just so into it. I think it's such a great idea. Yeah, me too. And we'll announce um, the winner on our Instagram and in our Facebook community Mm -hmm. as well, which is called the PCOS Girls Podcast Community. Yay. You should join. If you haven't already joined our community, you totally should. Yes, join (laughs) us. We have lots of fun things to talk about. Yes. Well, I think that's it for today. I, for one, just love this episode. I know you guys are going to love it as well because you always ask us about it. And I think that it's such an important thing to be talking about. Fertility is so massive, obviously, in the PCOS community. It's a really, really big issue. Um, But Mm. don't fear. There are so many natural ways that you can help increase your fertility. There's so much help out there. Um, There's a lot of support as well. So if you are you know trying or you're you're worried just reach out to a practitioner or jump on our community and have a chat there's so many people going through the same thing and you're not alone so mel where can everyone find you online yep um i'm on instagram at pcos pathways same on facebook pcos pathways and my website is pcospathways.com and where can we find you you can find me at on Instagram at PCOS underscore two underscore wellness or you can jump online at PCOS to wellness dot com. And that is it. So thank you guys so much for another amazing episode and we can't wait to see you um, next week for the next episode. Woohoo. Bye. Bye. <laughs>